Zelensky, Biden, NATO, and Eastern Europe at war. You are listening to continuing coverage of war in Ukraine on the John DePietro Show. AM 1380, 99.9 FM, WNRI. Listen live online at DePietro.com. Let's go live now to the border of Ukraine and John DePietro. Well, folks, good afternoon. It is 106. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program on this Monday, March 28th, as I am coming to you from Eastern Europe. Still in, uh, I am in Poland at the moment. As we begin week four of our coverage overseas, and this portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge of Anita, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Folks, give them a stop in and see them. I can't wait to pop in there once I come back. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Delicious food. They have the big deck outside. I can't wait. And also, March Madness, they've had a fantastic time from what I understand. I got a nice email. I want to say hello to uh, Ben. He and his uh, girlfriend had a wonderful time watching uh, all the March Madness basketball games in the bar. Uh, area said the food was fantastic. Loved it. Folks, the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Well, it is the John DePietro Show, and right now it is uh, 107. And I want to encourage you to uh, visit the website, depetro.com And don't forget our website, depetro.com which is brought to you by Surplus Provisions. <clears throat> Remember, they have been keeping me safe, as you saw me in Ukraine uh, on Friday, if you've seen the video or heard some of it, and uh, all the tactical gear. And I'll tell you, the Ukrainian military, very, very impressed with the uh, tactical gear provided to me by Surplus Provisions. And remember, they are Pontiac Avenue in Cranston. Look for the one mile from Garden City. You can also find them on Facebook. So, folks, I want to bring down, kind of give you the latest. Again, it is um, right now, let's see, it is 108. And we had daylight savings time in uh, in Eastern Europe, at least in Poland, over the weekend. So right now we are uh, back to six hours ahead. When I first arrived, it was six hours ahead. And then, you know, the uh, United States had daylight savings. And so suddenly that was down to five hours ahead. But we're back to six hours ahead. So it's 7.08. It's still light outside, which is actually nice. It was a beautiful day here. Ukraine is seven hours ahead. And I was just communicating with a radio station in Nashville who would like me to be a guest on their program. And that would, they're an hour behind Eastern Standard Time. So they would be seven hours behind, seven hours behind Rhode Island time and eight hours behind Ukraine time. Yes, that's how that would work. So anyhow, folks, but visit the website, petro.com, and I can't thank them enough at uh, Surplus Provisions. Now, folks, when you're there, meaning on the website, petro.com, and I strongly encourage you, uh, if you're listening right now, log on, no eyes, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. You can, that's the best way to reach me. That is also, uh, if you'd like to, if you miss any, some of the interviews, sometimes if you go into radio show, on the website at the very top, it's like a dashboard. You can um, pull up anything. It's all in library fashion. And then also, if you want to contact me, what have you. And then we also have original reporting 
and original stories. That's why we were voted best local news site last year by the readers of Rhode Island Monthly. And some of the things that we have up are, uh, first of all, I did obtain, even though I'm overseas, I did obtain a copy of that graphic video of the Water Plakes Park Providence stabbing that happened last Wednesday. We posted it first on uh, Saturday morning, and then YouTube took it down. So then we were able to just uh, put up some clips of it. I'm not sure exactly how much, but anyhow, you can see it there. It's, it's just vicious. It's terrible. It's brutal. It happened, though. It happened last Wednesday night, 930. Water, pay, Water Place Park in Providence, which is not considered like the worst. That's right down. That's like below where the Capitol Grill is. So it's not a terrible, terrible area. It's not, you know, it's not South Providence. It's not somewhere off Broad Street or something like that. Now, the other story you can see right there on petro.com FBI moves in on Governor McKee. And... Um, and folks, this is a story. It's it's in its beginning stages. Um, there's there's a lot to go here. If you are, I know he's the former mayor of Cumberland. And also, by the way, on the website we have recaps, the video of me in Ukraine, and then obviously a lot of our coverage of uh, people coming over the border and so forth. It's all at the uh, website depetro.com. And I want to thank all our great sponsors. But the situation with uh, Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee that. That is just the beginning stages of it. Um, you know, the, these things, once they open the file, they, they don't investigate everything. I want to repeat, anyone that is in law enforcement, the FBI, they don't investigate anything, just anything, I should say. And they certainly, they don't bring charges unless they're very confident of a conviction. So we're a long way from there. I would imagine, number one, they've already started talking to people. And then that will probably lead to a grand jury. And I want to play for you. I'm going to play for you coming up. Uh, Governor McKee doing his best Sergeant Schultz of, uh, you know, I know nothing. I see nothing. I just I, I just don't know who's going to who's going to believe that. But I want to go with some of the weekend highlights, starting with Jonathan Carl, President Biden's comments. Putin can't remain in power, causing problems, to say the very least. He was speaking with. Um, Former CIE director David Petraeus, and I want to play, uh, this is from ABC's This Week. We saw uh, President Biden's speech in Warsaw uh, outline this basically as the struggle, the fight of our time. But there was that line uh, at the end of his speech where he said flatly uh, that Putin must go, uh, that this man must not remain in power. Uh, Obviously, that's not... I mean, that's not the policy, but how, how does something like that, a very, and made headlines all around the world, how does that complicate the efforts to, to resolve this situation? Well, I mean, it reminds us that message discipline has its virtues. Uh, that was purportedly very clearly an unscripted moment in addition uh, in the emotion of that very emotional moment. Uh, and, you know, it will cause some challenges down the road. It will be disappear. You know, the headlines will move on to something else within a few days. 
but in the mind of Putin, to someone who has, you know, watched and rewatched, you know, old videos of Gaddafi uh, being taken uh, and killed, this kind of thing, um, it will play on his mind, and it could complicate matters going down the road. Look, I think President Biden would be the first, knowing him, he'd be the first to say, oops, you know, okay, hey guys, okay, well, let's get on with it. And let, this should not overshadow what was an extraordinarily important and successful uh, trip to Europe, uh, one that the U.S. really led, as it has done so impressively, really, throughout this entire effort, uh, and pulled together, guided, uh, and then ultimately with this speech that did, it was a very, very strong statement, uh, obviously. Well, there have been folks, and as I have told you, or you've heard, I'm sure, I mean, it was a major gaffe. They've been playing catch up after that. The problem is when you're dealing with someone like Putin who uses propaganda, who, you know, the whole thing, he would repeatedly watch over and over how the United States took out Gaddafi and tell people, see, I'm not going out like that. That's how they're going to try to take me out. I'm not going out like that. You're talking about someone who is wildly paranoid, who sets up this whole thing. He's trying to motivate the Russian people. That this is a just war, because otherwise the <clears throat> the United States is uh, coming in and trying to do regime change. And then you have something like what Biden said, which uh, was, was, listen, see, that is the problem right now that we face in the United States with someone like President Biden. Remain powerful. For God's sake, this man cannot remain powerful. For God's sake. This man cannot remain powerful. He is a liability unless he is absolutely reading right off the teleprompter. He is a complete liability. And right after that, as James Longman reported, well, suddenly Putin decided to send a message. We headed straight to the site, a fuel depot northeast of the city center, the air thick with black smoke. This is an oil depot. You can see the flames there burning. The city was meant to be a sanctuary for thousands, and now it feels like the war has come to them. City officials confirming two Russian strikes, the first hitting that oil facility, injuring five people. Russia has said they've reorientated their focus to the east of Donbass. This doesn't feel like it. On the way out, we meet this man who lives near the depot. It's difficult to say. It's like when the, when the earth drop and uh, I'll just uh, jump uh, like that. So the, the earth should? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My God. All people who live in the city live uh, think that it's the safest city in all the in all Ukraine, yeah? All people from other cities come here to be safe. But no place is safe now. While we talk, news of another strike. What's happened? Uh, another three rockets. That second attack hitting a defense facility on the outskirts of town. And tonight, new satellite images show another Russian attack, a fuel facility southwest of Kiev, an apparent attempt to cripple supplies to Ukrainian forces. Mariupol under relentless attack in the south. Residents running out of food and water, so many now living underground in basements. It's damp in the basement, cold, this woman says. You're lying there, hoping they won't bomb you. Look how many dead bodies we've buried around the building. Their neighbors buried in these apartment yards, oh. the graves marked with handmade signs God. and plastic flowers. Oh. I don't know how we're going to survive. I wish they'd stop pounding. It is scary, so scary. We keep burying the people. 
one after another. Across Ukraine, that unimaginable destruction now part of daily life. Pavel Babin says a cluster bomb left this crater in his Mikolaev neighborhood earlier this month. I feel like my soul is heavy, he says. It's sad. I want to cry. Everything has to be rebuilt from zero. I'll tell you the truth. I'm optimistic. We are from Mikolaev. We never give up. We'll help each other and we'll do it. What's important is that the war should finish. I want to live in my country, in my Ukraine. James Longman joins us live from Lviv. And James, just yesterday we heard from the Russian Defense Ministry suggesting that they were shifting their tactics and their focus to the eastern part of the country. But that is certainly not what you witnessed today in Lviv. No, John, moving into a defensive position or focusing on the Donbass doesn't necessarily mean Russia will stop its bombardment of other parts of the country. We saw that very clearly here tonight. They want to occupy the Donbass, but they may well continue trying to destroy other parts of Ukraine. Oh, my goodness. And folks, that is, um, again, and good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM right now at 118 on this uh, Monday, March 28th. That is the western part of Ukraine, closest to where I have been and where I was on Friday. So, um, so again, just programming note, we are planning, oh, excuse me, we are planning on going uh, back into Ukraine tomorrow. And now we just need to, um, unless something happens, unless something uh, happens, um, we need to, um, you know, it, it, it's fluid. If, if there's more bombings overnight, then I, I, I um, then we'll we'll have to see because it's it's I can I can already tell you it's not worth going over if they've already because people are on edge in in everything to begin with. Let alone, uh, um, if in fact then it's like coming fresh off the that there'd been a bombing or or anything. Uh, anything remotely close to that. And that Biden remark is just, folks, I mean, the guy, he cannot, but what, what are we going to do? I mean, what, what are we supposed to do? I want to read just quickly. And I recognize, I, I also want to see, I'm seeing right now, was it staged? The Drudge Report has going, 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 furious Skoskobos holds secret crisis talks over stripping Will Smith of best actor, going after the Chris Rock slap. Insiders say furious members joined the meeting and demanded he be kicked out of the organization over his antics. Um, let's see. He stunned the uh, sitting in the Dolby Theater, silenced, stormed the stage, hit the comedian after he, you know, insulted. He made a joke about Jada Pickett-Smith presenting the award for best documentary Chris Rock was. We mocked the shaved head and joked, Jada, I love you, G.I. Jane, too, can't wait to see it. Uh, Matrix actress Jada Pickett-Smith, who <clears throat> first revealed she suffered from hair loss and alopecia in 2018, rolled her eyes, looked upset, appeared to prompt Will into action. Stars including Nicole Kidman <clears throat> look horrified as Will Smith slapped him across the face for shouting, leave my wife's name out of your blanking mouth. Will's actions have gone down in history as the most shocking moments in the Oscars 94-year history. Inside, it said, the law withholding the crisis talks, Chris, Chris Rock, who's refused to press charges, has been offered an aftercare package to cope with the incident. Uh, they condemned the slapping, went into full crisis mode. Um, 
condone violence. Wait, wait, I just want to skip. Where does it say that it may have been staged? He looked, uh, Will Smith just smacked the blank out of me before continuing to speak. As the ceremony went to a commercial break, Denzel Washington, Tyler Perry were pulling Will Smith aside for a pep talk. Insiders claim Denzel told Will off for hitting Chris and videos from inside the room show the trio huddled together. Minutes after the altercation, Will returned to the stage as he won the Best Actor Oscar for the first time. Uh, he sobbed as he spoke, blah, blah, blah. Um, art imitates life. Um, where do they... Uh, let's see. Mark Hamill tweeted, stand-up comics very adept at handling hecklers, violent physical assault, not so much. Rosie O'Donnell, so upsetting at every level. Bravo to Chris Rock for not eviscerating Will Smith. He walked away. Bravo. Sad display of toxic masculinity. Um, let's see. Uh, Good Morning Britain presenter defended Will Smith. His actions were understandable. Um, following ceremony, you've seen dancing at the Vanity Fair party, clutching the statue. Um, wait, where does it say it may have been staged? I mean, they put it in the headline. You know, that that's nowhere. <laughs> the Drudge, that's actually not the Sun. It's the Drudge Report's fault. They put, was it staged? But nowhere in the article says that it may have been staged. All right, so I don't know what that's all about. All right, folks, I have a lot more sound to to play. Again, it's the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program, folks, there's so many different people that I would like to thank for helping to make this trip possible, like R.E. Coogan and Heating. It's Coogie, who stepped up, by the way, and made a lot of people happy with the uh, Coogie cash. Call them today, 401 732 6562. It's Cougs. Can't wait to see him when I return. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable, plumbing, heating, and cooling. As Cougs says, listen, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. R.E. Coogan and Heating. Folks, visit the website, dpetro.com, which is brought to you by Endzone Sports Pub. Stop it and see them. They've had a fantastic month with March Madness. Endzone Sports Pub. 960 Menden Road in Cumberland. Dana runs a great place. Karaoke starts at 8.30 on Friday and Saturday. Catch all the fun and excitement. Clean, family-friendly. I can't wait to uh, pop in there once I return. End Zone Sports Hub. Let's go back to some more of the sound. Again, more fallout from uh, the Biden total gaffe situation. Uh, Let's see. Let me pull up. This is, um, well, the situation in Maripol is uh, very, very bad. Very, very bad. Uh, terrible, as a matter of fact. Let's pull up. This is uh, Richard Engel with Chuck Todd on Meet the Press. Best. What is really going on with the Russian military strategy? Well, the Russian military strategy seems to be all over the place, uh, and they've been having tremendous battlefield failures, and I think this claim by the Russian military command was a way to claim some success out of obvious failure, saying that their real focus is in the east, 
East happens to be the only place where they've made some consolidated gains, particularly around the uh, port city of Mariupol. So the one area that they are holding territory, they say that was their intention all along. But uh, it is not clear at all that Vladimir Putin has given up on his overall war plan, which is to topple the government of Ukraine to get rid of Zelensky. And I think that strike in Lviv right. uh, showed that clearly. It, it may have also been a strike aimed at, at President Biden, a bit of an insult to say we're going to strike right uh, near the Polish border while you're in Poland making some, some bold claims right. and making some insults at, at Vladimir Putin, calling him a bush among other things. You know, Richard, I'm curious, uh, how did the presidential ad lib uh, that may go down in world history, how did that go over with President Zelensky? Well, I don't think President Zelensky was overly impressed. President Zelensky spoke this morning and effectively accused Western leaders, he didn't mention President Biden by name, of being all talk. And uh, I'll read you uh, just a, a, a translation of, of his comments from a short while ago. He was talking about Mariupol, a city which is surrounded. It has been under attack, yet it is still not collapsed. And he said, I've spoken to the defenders of Mariupol. I'm in constant contact with them. Their determination, heroism, and firmness are astonishing. And then he went on to say, if only those who have been thinking for 31 days on how to hand over dozens of jets and tanks had 1% of their courage. So he's saying that that meeting in NATO, which promised a lot of support, right. still isn't yielding the kind of results that Ukrainians want. Richard Engel, who's in eastern Ukraine right now. Richard, You know, that is, um, and again, folks, good afternoon. Right now it's uh, 127, 127 on this Monday. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. On AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. That is um, that is such a strong statement of President Zelensky. Uh, and he's not wrong. He is not wrong in, in laying it out that, you know, it's too bad that they can't step up and just have more of the courage that the people that are really fighting for their life fighting for their life. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by J. Perry Paving. Call them right now. Why not book an appointment? It's letter J, J. Perry Paving, and let's get that driveway paved. And it's going to look fantastic, and they're the best. They provide high-quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, 20 years experience specialized in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios, general masonry projects. J. Perry Paving, free estimate, any project, call them today at 401-732-1730, 401-732-1730. It's J. Perry Paving, licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting their clients' needs no matter how big or small. Hey, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway, call J. Perry Paving right now. Free quote, 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. Well, folks, good afternoon on this Monday. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. So many different people uh, to thank as we are in week four now. Week four. 
four of our coverage overseas in Eastern Europe. Right now, I am in Poland. Shemel, tomorrow we go back to Ukraine. And it could be Ukraine in the rain, as a matter of fact. I don't know what that's like. I can't, I don't know if it could actually be any worse than um, what it's like when it was actually nice out on Friday. But just so you understand, I I did an interview a short time ago, and the question was, at any time, have you felt unsafe? (laughs) Uh, Every moment. At any time? You mean on Friday? As there were, there's tanks and long guns, and you're standing in a war zone where there are bombed out buildings? At any time, have you felt unsafe? Uh, I think the question would be, has there been a time that you you felt safe would be the better question. Any time have you felt unsafe? Uh, yeah, constantly. It's it's draining. It's, uh, it's exhausting, actually. Um, I'm just trying to think of some of the questions I've gotten with different people, news organizations that have called to interview me. Um, what was it like? All right. So what was it like in Ukraine on, on, uh, on Friday? I realized that, that oh, I think I'm not sure what you heard on Friday. I did some interviews there, but um, it was, it was, uh, was kind of hectic, actually. And then I'm glad I did not stay over. Um, what's it like? First of all, everybody's in a, everyone's in a bad mood. I, and I fully get that. Uh, they're all tired. Um, you have a lot of different... Um, moving pieces of of the puzzle over there. You you have the Ukrainian military right there, but then you also have regular Ukraine police. Then you have border patrol, and then you have the group that I am least comfortable with, and is these Legion fighters, fighters from all over the world. You've heard my, I think, if you've heard, I've, I've interviewed several of them. Um, they some are former military. Some of them have never held a gun in their life, but. They want to get involved and see what it's like to fight in a war. So they've come from uh, Norway, Denmark, Sweden, Scotland. Um, I know there have been some Americans that have, you know, you go online, register. They're the ones that make me the most uncomfortable because they shoot at anything that moves. Uh, and, and, And also, folks, you know, and again, if there's any veteran who's listening who has seen time in a war zone. Um, I mean, I think they could, would understand it. It's just, um, you know, it, it's the ultimate, uh, I don't want to say buyer beware. If you're going to venture into it, just know of the, the rules of engagement, which is if somebody thinks they see something, they're going to they're gonna fire. And this is, you know, I, I don't know about if there'd be various investigations, but you've already seen that. Several American uh, journalists have been killed. Several journalists have been killed. For some reason, the Russians really fire on that Sky News. My goodness, some of the uh, es- escapades they've had. But it's, um, it's you know, there's, there's, I, I've never seen so many long guns out in the open, but that makes sense. Um, I've, I've seen tanks before, but not like that, like truly in action, going off like... On patrol, dropping something off or getting new crew or I don't know what was going on. But um, it's um, 
No, they, they're, they're upset. Their country's being bombed. They have, uh, you know, friends or family that possibly were killed, or at least their homes and businesses have been destroyed. They're paranoid. There apparently are a number of Russian spies that try to uh, penetrate. So it's, it's dicey. It is. And I, I mean, listen, if you're listening right now and you're a police officer, you, you know, men, uh, a police officer, male or female, no, I would imagine knows what it's like that you have to pull someone over at nighttime and you're walking to the car to inform them that they were speeding or they went through a red light or whatever it was. And you have to be on guard. So those individuals, I would imagine, they they know. And again, if there are any veterans that are listening that have been in any anywhere close to combat, um, I, then then you know exactly. It's just it's a it's a different atmosphere right away. It is you you can sense it. There's nothing normal about it. Everyone, it's just it's uh, it's. Bar, you know, barbaric, and these people that are like roaming all over, and also the th- there's a lot of things. I'm going to wait till I get back to actually tell. But one of the things is so the the people from Ukraine they line up and they have to be processed and go through customs. Well, they don't want them all leaving. So now I got to go through because I have um, press and so forth. But for those people, they they're waiting hours outside in the cold. But they, and there's only two people inside because I think they're actually trying to discourage them from leaving. They don't want it to be. Oh yeah, I walked in and I, I boom, I was in, you know I was out of the country in less than an hour. They don't want that. They don't. They want people out. Oh, forget it. Look at the line. Let's just go home and we'll stay. I mean that's what I think. Um, I haven't heard anyone report on that, but they they <clears throat> as much as people might say, gee, why don't they have more people? Well, they're because they're leaving the country. <laughs> They ideally, I don't think they want them leaving. That area of Maripol, though, is just destroyed. That that sound, that woman, my goodness, they're, the amount of people that they're burying, and uh, I don't know what is going to. That is a real crisis they have, and and Putin is just bombing those people. I mean, bringing the hammer and and bombing them beyond belief. I want to play. Um, this is uh, Jonathan Carl did a piece with the Ukrainian Deputy Prime Minister on the developments in Maripol. Now that's southern Ukraine. Keep in mind those that are listening. Ukraine is is basically the size of Texas, so I'm on the western side of Texas. Maripol would be more like the southeast portion of it. Um, I just want to hear this. Um, here we go. What can you tell us is the latest out of Mariupol? Uh, we, we, we hear just horrific, uh, horrific reports of, of no electricity, of, 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 of no food or water, uh, food or water running out, Russians taking over neighborhoods, uh, taking people out of the country. What, what, is the, what is the very latest? I would start by saying a couple of very important elements of pretext. First of all, it's more than 80 towns and villages around Ukraine which are in more or less the same position. While Mariupol is politically for Russian a full post of the control over the whole Donetsk region. And secondly, for Russians, war is something which they're ordinary business. The wars Russians has been doing all around the world for decades. 
and they're extremely skilled in manipulating. That's why they do it with the UN system, the Red Cross organization, and what I can confirm as an insider of some parts of this negotiation is that they do not really care about single the life of a person who died or suffers there. So for them, it has nothing to do with the, with the humanity. Uh, in Mariupol, the situation is extremely complicated. Although we managed to uh, take out of there more than 150,000 of people, but too many of them are still remain there. They don't have access to water, to any food supplies, to anything. More than 85% of whole town is just destroyed. So it simply does not exist anymore. While people there and they uh, and some of them has been forcefully displaced to Russian Federation. And this is even worse than being in a humanitarian crisis. In a- you know, it's amazing about Mariupol. So that's right along actually the water. And um, I'm not sure exactly how big it is but she's not wrong let's just say folks and again you're listening to the john DePietro show it's it's 138 on this uh, monday um let's just say it's the size of Pawtucket. it doesn't there's no there's nothing standing anymore they have absolutely pounded it into the ground and those people i mean they they're just underground because even though there's nothing standing and they're not even fighting anymore they're still just absolutely bombing it and destroying it to make an example. The the stories that will emerge for Mariupol are are just gonna be, I mean, that that they are getting absolutely the brunt. The people in Mariupol and what they have seen and gone through since this war started, that is they have absolutely targeted that. And, and just pounded it with nonstop bombing. Um, I, I, I think it's actually bigger than Pawtucket just because the sheer population of it. Maybe the size of Providence even. Could be the size of Providence. But it is, it is just, um, that's one of the areas when the stories start to come out of what it has been like for those people the past month. That is... The stuff of, of potentially like a movie. It's just it's just unimaginable what he has been um, what they have been what they've been en- enacting there is I, I think what I'm I'm actually trying to say. So the area that I am been the closest to in Ukraine, I, I hesitate to pronounce them because I I'm not that, but it's it's M O S C I S K A Moise. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. But anyone that's familiar with that area that maybe has a map, that's that's the area that I was the most. And then we were going to go to um, leave LVIV, but then that got that got bombed. So um, so we thought maybe we'll just stay here and then cross back over into Poland, um, which was in itself, you know, an adventure. There's nothing easy. It's it's not easy. It's certainly not easy getting around over there, and the people that are in the capital, uh, Kiev. I mean that they've they've you know they've surrounded it, but they still have not taken it. It's amazing that Ukraine has still held on to the capital, and then they've, you know I I've interviewed some of the people from Belarus and um, some of the others. I mean it's just 
really rough. But uh, something I want to mention is they, there's there's far more troop action. I'm seeing much much more of it. I I, I mean I think that's a I think that's a good thing. Um, but there's just so much more than there was even just two week two weeks ago maybe three weeks ago. So, but if you're familiar with say a map of the you know the United States. Um, obviously, you know, Ukraine is about the size of Texas. And then when you continue west, the states you, that border Texas are Albuquerque and, and then Arizona. So it would be as if I'm kind of like right in, um, in New Mexico, in New Mexico, and then, um, or, or maybe even, um, right over the border in Arizona from El Paso, but um, and then able to go back and forth over to the border. I contemplated on Friday night staying in Ukraine, and then uh, you know it's just folks, it, it it is just such, it's just so unpredictable. And um, I'm not trying to be redundant, but. Uh, to say that people's like nerves are fried is an understatement. I mean, people are just, and I fully get it. Of course they are. I'm not trying to come off. I'm not trying to sound, gee, I wonder why all these people are so, you know, I'm not trying to sound like that. Gee, I wonder why they would be so freaked. I know why they're freaked, but it just, um, it, uh, it, it, it takes it. I, I know it sounds odd, but it, it takes a lot out of you being around these people. But Friday was definitely. Um, so we'll find out tomorrow. The plan is I'm going to go back in to Ukraine tomorrow and then we'll we'll see about um, the ability to broadcast. The only thing that then makes it even more challenging is because it's so far ahead, so far ahead uh, over there. So Ukraine is seven hours ahead of Rhode Island, Massachusetts time. So just when I would be hitting the ear. I, I, I don't hear anything good about what happens there at night. And um, and so I'd be more inclined to, like I did, uh, would, would get out of there during daylight. So go during the day, like a day trip. And uh, some people go to Plymouth Rock or the Cape. Juan prefers a day trip to <laughs> to Ukraine. You know, the food was actually really good. I really liked that coffee. I had a nice hot dog. Um the people that they're not leaving, they're staying. They're not, I mean, there are people leaving, but they're not all leaving. A lot of them are staying. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro show, I have my list of places I'm going once I return. And I'm going to the Centerdale Revival. I'm jealous that you could go there tonight. Stop it and see Shane and Company, 2025 Smith Street, North Providence. Delicious food, delicious drink. I am going when I get back, Centerdale Revival. And again, they're on the, uh, the website depetro.com. So right now, just checking, it's um it's 144. It's Monday. And I was mentioning in the eleven o'clock hour that although I, I am in Poland, I'm gonna go to Ukraine tomorrow, and then the weather for the rest of this week is is not pleasant. It's too bad. Like today was beautiful, yesterday was nice, Saturday was very nice, but suddenly it's gonna rain all week. I, I um, it's difficult to navigate around around the border when um, when it's just dry out and you know traffic backs up and so forth. 
this could be quite the challenge in the rain. And then it's going to snow on Saturday. I, I've decided I, I am going to, I think I'm just going to come back this weekend. Only because it just, um, it's definitely getting a little dicier, uh, even where I am. And, and as I mentioned, that the bombings are coming closer to Poland. And, um, and, and someone I was speaking to said, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they lob one over the border. Like, oops. So as a result of that, um, where I've been staying and some other people, they have started um, uh, bomb shelter drills. So then if the, if the sound goes off, then you have to go down to the bomb shelter. So, you know, this, I, that's, uh, that's kind of where I kind of get off. At that, meaning I'm I'm not sure if I signed up for that part. Um, I understand why they do it. I completely understand. And when I, as I mentioned, I think I mentioned earlier, when I traveled to Israel, Israel, everybody has a bomb shelter. I mean, everybody has a bomb shelter. They they have to. Every house is built with a bomb shelter and apartments and everything else. But um, but for the rest of us, you know, like when I interviewed Andre. On Friday in Ukraine, he he spent a week in a bomb shelter with, uh, I don't know. And I understand why. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's safer that way. And there's all the rockets outside and everything's exploding and so forth. Of course, you would take cover in a bomb shelter. I'm just saying I'm not sure that's how I want to spend any amount of time, let alone if something happened and now you're really down there. And, you know, the language barrier continues to be a problem. So I think the bomb shelter drill, I think that could be my indication that maybe it's it's time. And then, folks, again, this is our fourth week of coverage. I can't thank again enough the great Jeff Kamach. JR was terrific helping us out and everyone else. It has not been easy to pull it off. We still have a full week to go here. Um, but the, um, the the situation just seemingly is getting more tenuous. And at at this point, I'm, I'm just starting to feel it might, you know, you don't want to push your luck. And, um, and then, of course, it's going to snow on Saturdays. Uh, Juan is planning to travel back. So we will deal with it. Folks, this portion of the program, again, visit the website, dipetro.com. And for those, if you want to see it, I posted it. It's rough. It's like something out of a horror film. It was that stabbing from Water Place Park. Last Wednesday, I have clips of it posted on the website, dipetro.com, which is brought to you by Soul Source Restoration. Call them today. Request a quote. Mike C.P. and Company, 401-712-2700. Clean and disinfect residential commercial properties. They're the best. It's Soul Source Restoration. All right, let's go to some more sound. Um, let's see. Some of the Sunday stuff I thought was... Uh, Good. This is, um, again, former CIA director David Petraeus tells John Carl the stalled invasion of Ukraine has complicated this business of rebuilding the Russian empire. Today, I, I, I want to 
ask you a little flashback here to uh, to a statement made by the president of Poland uh, visiting Tbilisi, Georgia, after the Russians invaded Georgia back in 2008. Uh, a, a statement that echoes today. Uh, he said at that time, again, this is 2008, today Georgia, tomorrow Ukraine, the day after tomorrow, the Baltic states, and later perhaps time will come from my country, Poland. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, Ukraine did come. Um, is there a concern here that whatever ends up resolving this, if there is a resolution here with the Russians backing down, that giving them, rewarding them in any way for this is ultimately a green light for Putin's ultimate plan to, to, to rebuild the Russian Empire? Uh, John, I tend to think that this has complicated any ambitions that he might have had very, very considerably. Uh, this is going to set back his military for years. It's, it's shown the whole world that it wasn't the wonderfully modernized force that you know everybody thought it might be. Uh, this has been a huge challenge uh, for the Russians. You know, the fact that they've lost seven generals just because they can't command and control sufficiently. They have to get out of their armored vehicles and go forward to find out why are they stopped again, this kind of thing. Um, so I, I tend to think that his ambitions uh, are going to be seriously set back by what takes place in Ukraine, noting that this is by no means uh, nearing a conclusion. All right, General David Petraeus. You know, I spoke with someone today, folks, and again, you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM, and I won't say who, but they were saying to me, so when do you think this is over? And I'm like, uh, and what was the question like, is Zelensky negotiating? Is Zelensky negotiating? The, the, the decision maker here is Putin. The decision maker here is Putin. When is it over? Uh, I I think when he no longer is, I think when he's room temperature is when this is over. I think he he's not stopping. He's a gangster thug. Zelensky did. They, 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 Putin doesn't negotiate. Negotiating is is weakness in his mind. Now, if you want to hear total lunacy, this person I've lost all respect for her, Candace Owens. What? Why? Why are people involved? Because war is about money and corporate greed. Excuse me, Russia is attacking Ukraine. She is, but let me just hear a little clip of this. Ukrainian man who funded Zelensky's television show back when he was an actor and who subsequently funded his campaign into power in Ukraine. It might also be relevant that Igor Kolomoisky has a controlling interest in charisma. The energy company oh at the root God. of Hunter Biden's laptop scandal. It is also true that Igor funded the Azov Battalion, the, according to Western press at least, neo-Nazi white supremacist militia that has been terrorizing Ukrainian citizens. Zelensky's Jewish. Now, it's not of opinion. I believe our government is interested in liberating Ukrainians like I believe that the Black Lives Matter riots were about liberating black Americans, which is to say, not at all. This war... Is about the same thing that every war is about. Money, corporate greed, masquerading as some other noble cause. I believe there are no good sides in this war. Not the- you know, she is just the worst. No, no condemnation of Putin. Says nothing negative about Russia. The, the war is about one country invaded another. Putin is a gangster thug. John Gotti was big when I first moved to New York City in 1990. 
This would be like if John Gotti became the mayor of New York and then wanted to take over other surrounding cities. That's what that's what gangsters do. That's what criminals do. They take things. Right. Remember the story of Whitey Bulger, Steve Flemmy. They, they went to that liquor store owner, the guy that opened the liquor store in Southie. And what did they say? We'd like like uh, you to meet your new partners. They, they, they took the liquor store from the guy. They started hanging around there. They forced their way in. That's what gangsters do. That's what thugs do. That's what criminals do. That's what Candace Owens won't tell you. She is so misguided. I, I, I just, I don't understand anyone that would continue to listen to someone like that. She never mentions Putin. She never mentions Russia. Every war is about money, corporate greed. Well, that, that's actually not true. Uh, so if North Korea starts to move on into South Korea, we, we're supposed to ignore it and assume it's about money and corporate greed. If China moves in to take Taiwan, we should just say uh, that's about money and corporate greed masquerading as a noble cause and ignore it. This is about land. How much does Putin want Ukraine? He's willing to kill people for it. Picture if you had someone on your street who said, you know, I want your car. I want your car and I'm willing to hurt you and your family because I'm going to take your car. And then he took another person's car. What, you know, what are people to do? He, this is what he's, he is a criminal. He is a thug. He's a war criminal. He is a butcher. He is a murderer. He takes things. He wants their land. They won't give him the land. So he's willing to kill their people to take the land, period. Simple end of story. Hunter Biden's laptop in Burisma. She is delusional. You know, she's not delusional, though. She's a Russian asset. I can't stand her. Much like that Tulsi Gabbard. War is about money and corporate greed. What are you talking about? There was no war until Putin put all his troops, all the Russian troops, on the border of Ukraine and then moved them in. That's when it started. Period. End of story. Everything else is noise. Hunter Biden's laptop. You know, if anything, folks, this whole thing has shown there's some people that are just, they're not worth arguing. They're not worth arguing about. If, like, like the person that asked me today was trying to infer, well, you know, Zelensky's got to negotiate. There's, there's no negotiation here. How do you negotiate with someone that, that has a gun on you? How do you how do you negotiate with someone who's firing bombs and killing your population? The the decision making here is Putin. Period. The rest is all just noise. Zelensky, what? How is he supposed to? You know, the end of negotiation. Putin doesn't believe in negotiation. He believes it shows weakness. No negotiation. He wants the land. If he can get the land, he wants more land. He is 69 years old. Who knows how long he's going to live. But he is fit fell like now is the time. Next 11 years until I'm 80, I'm just going on a land grab. And no one's going to stop me. And if anyone tries to stop me, we'll, we'll bomb them. We'll use nuclear weapons. We'll use chemical weapons. 
He does not care. You know, one thing that that uh, the prime minister, I think, of Ukraine said, he does not value human life. Maybe tomorrow or another day. I'll tell a story of some military guys that I've talked to over here that um, have interest. Well, I could just tell it very briefly right now. What time is it? One fifty-seven. So, you know, I think on like uh, a leader, maybe you're the not all the time, but a leader says, hey, you know, we're going to get together a group of the guys and we're going to play some cards or we're going to whatever, go to a Patriots game, or we're going to do something like that. Well, the story that I was told, and this is uh, several years ago, but Putin would get some of his group, you know, 25, 30 guys of his top guys, and he has a place, and they bring in, um, they bring in uh, prisoners in Russian jails who, who have life sentences. And, and what they do, the way it was described to me, and I had heard this before, but never in detail the way this person from the army told me. Um, granted, retired military. But so anyhow, just long story short, they put them in a cage with it, like at least one Doberman. And if you can beat the dog, then they'll they'll let you go free. As the him and what, 25, 30 guys are drinking and hooting and hollering and smoking and betting. And I mean, that that's who you're dealing with. Does that sound like someone that's willing to negotiate? Does that sound like someone who will negotiate? Folks, this portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. I am headed there when I return. Stop it and see them at the Lodge. I also want to once again thank Paul Manville, John the Roofer. Call today, free quote. Come on, spring is here. 1-866-906-ROOF. 1-866-906-ROOF. Residential commercial roofing. It's John the Roofer. Call toll free for a free quote. So, folks, it is Monday. It is one fifty nine. It's the John DePietro Show on AM thirteen eighty and ninety nine point nine FM. So, this is our week four of coverage. And unless something changes, I think this will be our final week of coverage because there is a lot of news obviously with the elections the fbi probe of governor mckee and a lot more uh overseas so tomorrow programming note i think we're going to be doing the show from ukraine we'll find out as long as it's safe or it's not too crazy or who knows what could happen could be ukraine in the rain in the meantime stay tuned for the two o'clock news and then it'll be the john dion program I will be back, uh, I think, later for a one after dark on Facebook. Enjoy your Monday.